America spends five to ten times more on health care than any other country in the world. Then why does America rank number 43 worldwide for longevity? Third world countries such as Cuba and Costa Rica rank higher than the U.S. So what's wrong with health care in America? This is what's wrong. Our $3 trillion healthcare industry is focused on disease management, while 70% of our planet relies on traditional indigenous medicine that is focused on health optimization. Learn how. Join Dr. Dan Royal on the show, The Royal Treatment, bringing you the latest information on the best of medicine, biotechnology, and pharmacology, as well as secrets from the past. These secrets have withstood the test of time and are being rediscovered today. In fact, indigenous healthcare practitioners are using them for the benefit of their patients who seek optimal health and wellness. Now, here is Dr. Dan Royal. Greetings, listeners. I am Dr. Dan Royal, and you are not. That's why I am here, and you are there. You are now listening to The Royal Treatment. We're here every week to answer your health questions. We like answering questions because, frankly, we have some answers. And I know that health is something that most of us know very little about. None of us was born with a manual about how to operate our bodies. We learn through the hard knocks of life, and hopefully we can learn from the experience of others. I'm going to be sharing some of that experience with you today. There were some recent studies published that we like to share with you every week to keep you current. We'll also be going over the obituaries. Nobody in the world gives a care about people who die, but we do. There's always something to be learned, and we're very curious as to why people are dying from diseases they should be having at earlier ages than they should be dying. We'll be looking at that locally and internationally, and we'll be following up on our discussion from last week about controlling blood sugar with chromium. But first, I'd like to thank our sponsors. First, the Terrell Healing Band Clinic, THBC, where I work here in Las Vegas. You can reach us here at 702-562-1454. That's 702-562-1454. Also like to let you know you can reach me by email, droyal, R-O-Y-A-L, at royalmedicalclinic.com. If you have a question, I'm always available, and you can get some free medical advice for what it's worth. That's D as in Daniel Royal, R-O-Y-A-L, at royalmedicalclinic, all one word, dot com. I'd also like to thank the First Nation Medical Board. First Nation Medical Board licenses practitioners such as myself who use traditional medicine in their practice throughout the United States. First Nation Medical Board is under the jurisdiction of the Crow Tribe of Indians. They're actually located in Montana, but they're the first Indian nation to step forward and exercise jurisdiction over the practice of traditional medicine. Why? Because the federal government wants absolutely nothing to do with it. If the Indian nations want to accept liability for it, then the government has given them permission to do so. And there is a need because in 49 states in this country, there are doctors who want to practice and possibly are practicing traditional medicine without being dual licensed. And if they are doing so, they are doing it at the risk of losing their conventional medical license because they are not licensed to be practicing alternative therapies. They're licensed to be practicing pharmaceutical drugs for the treatment of sick patients. Our entire healthcare system is built around disease management. That's why hopefully you're listening to this program because you want optimal health and wellness. Interestingly enough, there is only one state in this country left where if it was just going to be dual licensed, that's Arizona because Nevada lost its homeopathic medical board this year during its legislative session. And so in Arizona, you can have a dual license, but that's only one out of 49 states. First Nation Medical Board also offers the opportunity for physicians such as myself practicing traditional medicine, along with conventional medicine because I am dual licensed. First Nation Medical Board offers the opportunity for such physicians to do clinical studies. These are non-interventional clinical studies that do not need to be reported to the FDA. Why? Well, 
they're not being assigned to random groups. Placebo is not being used. We're simply evaluating the effectiveness of what we're using in our practice for the benefit of our patients. In fact, I've given lectures on a couple of those studies we've done here in our own clinic. This year, earlier this year, to the American Osteopathic Society of Rheumatologic Diseases, and just last month to the Nevada Homeopathic Integrated Medical Association, we talked about the effectiveness of using nagolase modifiers to inhibit nagolase, which is produced by viruses and cancers, and inhibits your immune system or paralyzes it from doing its job. This coming January, I'll be speaking about another study we're doing using light, sound, and frequency to lower cancer antibodies as well as viral titers in our patients. So that's some of the news that's going on here. And we might as well get right to it, looking at our obituaries, starting with people who died too young from disease they shouldn't have had right here in Las Vegas, as well as in Reno, because we're based here in Nevada, of course. The average life expectancy, as you may know, in the United States is 78.5 years of age. That means for a woman, it's approximately 81.2 years of age. For a man, it's approximately 76.4 years of age. And that number is declining. Soon the statistics from 2018 will be in, and we'll find out that we've declined for four years in a row. But if you listen to this show, you already know that. And if you know that, you also know that that, my friends, will be a new record. Actually, a new all-time low for the history of the United States. We're going in the wrong direction, but you don't have to go that direction. You can take matters into your own hands and do much better. First, we have a 30-year-old man, a commercial driver, passed away suddenly, which means he most likely died from a heart attack. 37-year-old man, an iron worker, passed away. 39-year-old man passed away unexpectedly, also usually means from a heart attack. Sudden death from heart attack at 39 years of age. 53-year-old man passed away. 57-year-old man who worked for Delta Airline Ground Service Crew passed away at home. 58-year-old man, an electrical engineer, passed away. 66-year-old man, a carpenter installer. I'm sorry, carpet installer passed away. 68-year-old woman, a hotel maid, passed away from cancer. I'm Dr. Dan Roy. You're listening to The Royal Treatment. We're going to continue our discussion right after the break, reviewing obituaries of people who died too young of diseases they shouldn't have had. Stay right with us. Low-dose chemotherapy uses only 10 to 20% of full-dose chemo, and it's known as IPT, or insulin-potentiated therapy. It's one of the safest and most innovative approaches to treating cancer effectively. IPT virtually eliminates side effects of full-dose chemo, such as nausea, hair loss, and fatigue. Could IPT be the answer you've been searching for? To find out, call Dr. Dan Royal at 702-562-1454. IPT uses low-dose chemo with insulin. Cancer cells have up to 20 times more insulin receptors and use up to 20 times more sugar than normal cells. That's why cancer cells thrive while normal cells struggle to survive. One study showed that using low-dose chemo with insulin resulted in a 10,000% increase in cancer-killing ability. Could IPT with low-dose chemo and insulin help you? Call Dr. Royal at 702-562-1454 to see if you qualify for IPT. That's 702-562-1454. Are you caring for an older person or a loved one who needs assistance? Paragon Home Resources can help you maintain their independent living for as long as possible anywhere in the United States. We offer property management services to deal with all facets of maintaining the current home. We can also assist with obtaining a reverse mortgage to free up home equity to pay for home care and other needs. And should your loved one require assisted living or a move-in with a family member, we can handle the details of selling the home for the best possible price. Paragon Home Resources can assist with helping you sort belongings to determine which will be kept and those that require an estate sale or donation to charity. Your Paragon Home Resources coordinator will be accessible through a convenient toll-free number. As part of our service, you'll get a needs assessment to determine the services that are necessary. Caring for a loved one doesn't have to be stressful. Call Paragon Home Resources to learn more, 1-855-474-7227, or visit us at ParagonHomeResources.com. No word in the English language is less convincing than probably. Are you sure we should get matching tattoos on our first date? Sure. Um, We'll probably stay together. Probably? (laughs) It's been 23 minutes since I ate. (laughs) 
I can probably swim. Uh, you should wait 30 minutes. Mm, okay, now tell me what to do. Cannonball! Cramp! Oh, I have a cramp. I can probably hit the green from here. Probably. Can I get a mulligan? Ready to go? Hey, are you sure you're okay to drive? Yeah, I'm pretty sober. Yeah, I'm probably okay. Probably okay isn't okay, especially when it comes to drinking and driving. If you're drinking, call a cab, a car, or a friend. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. Hi, everybody. This is Sharon Oran with Coffee with Sharon. Remember, Thursday, 5 p.m., I'll be here. Will you? Brought to you in part by Michael's Reno Power Sports. To join the conversation, call 844-790-TALK. That's 844-790-8255. Now, back to the show. We are back to the show, and thank you for sticking with us. This is the second segment of our show, and we're talking about obituaries, people who died too young for disease they shouldn't have had here locally and internationally. During the second half of our program, we'll be talking about some recent publications and studies, as well as continue our discussion of controlling your blood sugar with chromium. So let's continue our review of the obituaries. We last mentioned that a 68-year-old woman, a hotel maid, had passed away from cancer. We have a 68-year-old man, a father of one son and one daughter. He passed away after a short illness. Don't know why they can't tell us exactly what he died of, what the illness was. Could have been cancer, which can be short or long in suffering. 78-year-old man, a practical joker, passed away. That's about all they said about him in the obituary. If you write obituaries, think about who might be reading it, not just today, but generations to come. 78-year-old woman who worked in the hospitality business passed away. 78-year-old man passed away from small cell lung cancer. 72-year-old woman passed away from Alzheimer's disease. Remember the three different types of dementia, which ostensibly is the number one cause of death in the United Kingdom. The fact that it's even in the top three is shocking. But there is Alzheimer's, the most common. There is vascular and there is Lewy bodies disease, all of which are in the category of dementia. 73-year-old man, a Metro police officer, passed away from cancer. 74-year-old man who worked for General Motors and did security work passed away from cancer as well. 77-year-old man who worked for Sierra Pacific Power Company passed away. 78-year-old woman who worked for the Desert Research Institute passed away. 80-year-old man who worked also for Sierra Pacific Power Company passed away from an aggressive lymphoma or type of cancer. 80-year-old woman, a library science teacher, passed away from cancer. 80-year-old man, a chemical engineer, passed away after almost three years of intense illness, which could have been cancer as well. And finally, 82-year-old man, a high school history teacher and coach, passed away after a long illness, a year-long illness. Always would like to get more specifics about these kinds of things, but I can only report what I find in the obituaries. Remember, I said earlier that dementia is the number one cause in the United Kingdom. It's actually in the top three. The number one cause, if you really look at it more closely, is cancer. Remember all these years, heart disease was number one? Well, that is going the way of the dodo. The number one disease in the United Kingdom, when you add up all the cancers, that's one category, is cancer. But also in many other industrialized nations, it is now becoming the number one cause of death. Heart disease is number two, although in the United Kingdom, it's still dementia. So now we're going to look at international deaths of celebrity notables who passed away just this last week. Too young from diseases that they shouldn't have had. First, we have Patrick Day, American professional boxer. He died 27 years of age from brain injuries sustained in a boxing match. The brain is a delicate organ, and when you bounce it around, whether it's from a motor vehicle accident or a boxing match, bad things happen. Brain trauma can kill. Charles Jones, 
American entrepreneur, co-owner of Capital City Mambo Sauce, died at 46 years of age from a heart attack. Alexander Volkov, Russian professional tennis player, died unexpectedly at 52 years of age. Again, probably sudden death from heart attack. Eric Cooper, American Major League Baseball umpire, died at 52 years of age from a blood clot that resulted from knee surgery. Remember, when you go in for surgery, bad things can happen. It is also a cause of death in the United States. About 250,000 Americans die every year from hospital or doctor-related deaths, which includes side effect of medications. In this case, it was a side effect of surgery. Most common blood clot following surgery comes from hip surgery, but in this case, it was from the knee, which is a little unusual. He was 52. Shahid Hayat, Pakistani policeman, Karachi police chief, died at 54 years of age after a prolonged battle with cancer. Walter Depozo, Italian actor, died prematurely at 55 years of age from a tumor of some sort. Leo Bracknell, British actress, died at 55 years of age from lung cancer. Jakir Khan, Bangladeshi film director, died at 56 years of age after suffering from cancer for a long time. Han Iping, Chinese Hall of Fame badminton player, died at 57 years of age from lung cancer. You starting to see a pattern here? Deborah Orr, Scottish journalist, died at 57 years of age from breast cancer. It was actually discovered in 2010, which means she suffered for nine years with her breast cancer, which probably means she had radiation chemotherapy. And guess what? Cancer came back anyway. Peter Hobbs, Australian heavy metal musician, died at 58 years of age from an illness. Guess they didn't want to tell us he had cancer too. Charles Dousabia, Solomon Islands, Islands politician, Died at 59 years of age from a prolonged illness. Deborah Barrow-Smith, American journalist and publishing executive, died at 60 years of age. Del Angame, a Nigerian writer and journalist, died at 60 years of age from kidney failure. Could have been from high blood pressure, but that's all we got in the obituary. Marcelo Zlotowiazda, an Argentine journalist and economist, died at 61 years of age from colorectal cancer. Angel Garcia, Spanish soccer player and manager, died at 62 years of age from cancer. Mark Hurd, American billionaire, he was the CEO of Hewlett Packard and Oracle, died at 62 years of age after taking medical leave one month ago. Andrei Smirnov, Russian swimmer and 1976 Olympic bronze medalist, bronze medalist, Died at 62 years of age. Gary Curler, Australian country musician and songwriter, died at 64 years of age from cancer. Huang Yang Ping, a Chinese-French avant-garde artist, died at 65 years of age. No cause was stated. We have Reginald Tate, American politician, member of the Tennessee Senate, died at 65 years of age from natural causes at home. Of course... I don't know what that means, natural causes. Most likely means that he had a heart attack. Igor Kalashin, Russian soccer player, died at 67 years of age after a long illness. Rui Jordeo, Angolan-born Portuguese soccer player, died at 67 years of age from heart disease. Elijah Cummings, American member of the United States House of Representatives, died at 68 years of age from health complications. Nick Toshis. American journalist, music critic, and writer died at 69 years of age after being ill for some time. Casho Castagna, Argentine singer and actor, died at 77 years of age from lung disease. Clifford McKenzie, American war correspondent and artist, died at 77 years of age from COPD and heart failure. And finally, Jackie Hernandez, a Cuban-born Major League Baseball player, died at 79 years of age from cancer. Well, that's the obituaries of people who died too young from diseases they shouldn't have had. It was a very interesting study that was recently published regarding professional soccer players. And the title of the study is Dementia Deaths High in Former Pro Soccer Players. Or I should say the title of the article reporting on the study. Former soccer players, professional players in Scotland were found to have more than three times the risk of death from neurodegenerative disease relative to the general population. Mortality with neurodegenerative disease listed as the primary cause was 1.7% in 
7,700 male former pro athletes versus 0.5% in matched controls. This was the largest study to date. Looking at this in detail, the incidence of neurodegenerative disease in any sport, not just professional soccer players. The strength of this study design is that they were able to look at in detail at rates of different neurodegenerative disease subtypes. Mortality risk ranged from a five-fold increase in Alzheimer's disease and a four-fold increase in motor neuron disease such as ALS or amyotrophic lateral sclerosis to doubled rates of death from Parkinson's disease. This, again, was a study that was involving professional soccer players, particularly looked at in the country of Scotland. In the study, the researchers compared mortality from neurodegenerative disease in 7,676 former pro-Scottish soccer players born before 1977 against 23,028 controls from the general population max on sex, age, and degree of social deprivation. Cause of death were determined from death certificates. Researchers also looked at medication dispensed for treating dementia from national prescribing data, and all former soccer players in the study were male. The mean age of death was about 68 among former players and 65 among controls, which means they have a lower life expectancy there than we do here even in the United States. Anyway, I thought you might find that of interest. There was also a study published talking about hot flashes. Are you a woman? Are you having hot flashes, night sweats, going through menopause? The title of the article is Hot Flashes Are Connected to Heart Attacks and Cognitive Decline. If you're one of over 40 million American women between the ages of 45 and 65, there's a chance you could be having a hot flash right now. If your flushes are mild and infrequent, good for you, but... If you are often going up in flames, then it could be time to check with your doctor. Why? Well, science is discovering the hot flashes are much more than just a sweaty sign of menopause. Their frequency or severity may also be linked to heart problems, stroke, and cognitive decline later in a woman's life. A study presented at the 2019 conference of the North American Menopause Society found that night sweats were linked to cognitive dysfunction in menopausal women, decreasing the ability to pay attention and perform higher level thinking tasks. We're going to continue our discussion right after the break. I'm Dr. Dan Royal, and you are listening to The Royal Treatment. We're here every week to answer your health questions, and hopefully, my friends, you will learn one new thing by being with us. If so, our time together has been well spent. Stay right with us. Can your own stem cells heal you? The miracle of life begins when an egg and a sperm unite. They form a single stem cell. Stem cells will keep dividing until directed by the body to become something else. Natural occurring stem cells can be found in all tissues of your body. Can your own stem cells help your body heal and repair itself? Find out more by calling Dr. Dan Royal at 702-562-1454. Dr. Royal has developed a unique patent-pending process for obtaining stem cells from your own blood. Stem cells can be concentrated, prepared, and delivered to areas where you need them most to repair old, damaged, and dying cells. Can your own stem cells help your body heal and repair itself? Are you a cancer patient in remission who needs rejuvenation for optimal health and wellness? Find out more by calling Dr. Dan Royal at 702-562-1454. Don't wait. Call today. That number again is 702-562-1454. This is Clarence Collins, producer of Keith Gallagher Jr.'s music and a member of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Tune in every Sunday at 1.30 p.m. and Tuesdays at 4.30 p.m. to hear Keith music on the Music Path Show. You wanted to see me? Yes, please, have a seat. So here's the thing. When this company brought you on, we took a chance on you. You didn't have that four-year college degree we typically look for. Right. But we gave you a shot anyway. And since then, you've worked incredibly hard and given it your all. Thanks. You've been an important asset to the team. But I don't think you can be an intern here anymore. (sighs) We want to hire you. You're, You're serious? Absolutely. Find your next great employee. Introduce yourself to the grads of life. Who are they? Talent worth knowing about. Young adults of unique determination and experience. An ideal fit for your company in an entry-level position, internship, or even mentorship. They might not have every qualification you typically look for, but they're exactly who your company needs. I won't let you down. I know. Don't miss out on a resource many innovative companies have already discovered. 
Go to gradsoflife.org to learn how to find, cultivate, and train this great pool of untapped talent. Brought to you by the Ad Council and gradsoflife.org. The nonprofit Reno Sparks Assistance League Thrift Shop offers quality merchandise, including a selection of women's and children's apparel and shoes, books for every age, baby clothes, accessories, sporting goods, toys, housewares, linens, home decor, and seasonal items and jewelry, all at affordable prices. Come in the shop, donate, or join this all-volunteer organization. Assistance League Thrift Shop, open Monday through Saturday, 10 to 4, at 1701 Vassar Street in Reno. Hi, everybody. This is Sharon Oran with Coffee with Sharon. Remember, every Thursday, 4 p.m. to 6 p.m., come join me and my guest. Who will it be? Surprise! Brought to you in part by Michael's Reno Power Sports. I'll be here. Will you? Hi, I'm Leslie Moon. Join Shonda Golden and I every Wednesday at 3 p.m. for American Women, where we'll talk about issues affecting all of us with select guests. Are you shy and don't want to talk on the air? Text us your questions or comments to 775-237-2266. Now back to the show. We are back to the show, and I'm Dr. Dan Royal. You're listening to The Royal Treatment. We're here every week to answer your health questions. And before the break, we were talking about hot flashes. Hot flashes connected to heart attacks and cognitive decline. That's not good for women who are going through menopause, but... Let's continue with our discussion. As I mentioned before the break, a study this year presented at the North American Menopause Society found that night sweats, which is a type of hot flash, usually wakes you up from sleeping, were linked to cognitive dysfunction in menopausal women. It decreased their ability to pay attention and perform higher-level thinking tasks. Well, so much for multitasking. Another study found a direct link between the frequency and persistence of hot flashes and cardiovascular events later in a woman's life. And here's the startling finding. Another study found that there's even a link between childhood trauma and hot flashes, uh, their severity later in life. Having hot flashes is much more significant event than providers actually appreciated for many years. Now we're starting to link these hot flashes to various different health indices and outcomes including women's cardiovascular health. Now, most women in the study entered the program in their mid-40s while they were pre- or early perimenopausal and have been followed for 20 years into postmenopause. What the researchers found was that women with more frequent hot flashes when they entered into the study in their mid-40s had double the risk of heart attacks, double the risk of strokes, and double the risk of heart failure later in life. So these hot flashes are not so innocuous after all. The results held true even when traditional cardiovascular risk factors such as smoking, high blood pressure, obesity, and diabetes were ruled out. Researchers found that women who had more persistent hot flashes over the course of the transition had increased risk for these outcomes of heart attack and stroke. In the study, they found these women had an 80% greater risk of cardiovascular events over the 20-year period. Now, interestingly... Women who start 10 years after menopause with hormone therapy have a higher risk of heart disease, stroke, blood clots, and dementia. You can start your hormones at any time. You can even use them to help regulate your cycle because usually women are having problems with PMS, heavy bleeding, bleeding between periods, and so forth, have either an excess of estrogen or a deficiency of Progesterone, both of which are corrected by what? Well, they're corrected by using progesterone, natural progesterone, not synthetic drugs, which are not hormones. They are, in fact, drugs with side effects. And when you take drugs with side effects, bad things can happen. Over time, usually, sometimes immediate, but usually over the long term, they will increase your risk of other problems, including those we've just mentioned heart attacks, stroke, dementia, cancer. Now, I know that there's a lot of hysteria about using hormones for women because they are, in fact, associated with cancer. But those are synthetic drugs. We're not talking about natural, bioidentical hormones that can not only increase the elasticity of your skin and the appearance of your face, but they can improve the flexibility of your internal structures, including your vessels, and thereby enhancing your cardiovascular 
performance. Now, that means that you'll also get more blood to your brain and you'll be more alert and less likely to have dementia, one of which is caused by poor vascular flow and delivery of oxygen to the brain. Interestingly, there were some other means by which hot flashes were found to be controlled, such as Tai Chi, acupuncture to help with sleep, mood, problems, stress, and even muscle and joint pain. There was another study done back in 2013 that showed hypnosis can also help decrease hot flashes by 74% in postmenopausal women. I don't know the reason for that, but I suppose it has something to do with reducing their stress, same as Tai Chi and acupuncture. But we're going to shift gears now. We're going to talk about a few other things I want to bring to your attention, some of which I think you'll find quite interesting. Recently, there were a list of foods that were published that should be avoided if they're coming from China. Why? Well, because these foods are filled with plastic, pesticides, and cancer-causing chemicals. What are the top eight foods that should be avoided from China? Let's take a look. Number eight, tilapia fish. Around 80% of tilapia in America is imported. Avoid it. Number seven, plastic rice. You ever heard of that? In China, some rice has been manufactured entirely from potatoes mixed with an industrial resin that can be deadly. A fake rice known as plastic rice. That's number seven. It comes from China. Avoid it. Number six, green peas. In China, fake green peas were made using snow peas, soybeans, along with green dye and sodium metabisulfate, which is a chemical that is used as bleach. Avoid green peas. Number five, fake beef. Another harmful food that you shouldn't avoid from China is fake beef. Avoid fake China beef as this can be very harmful to your health. Sounds like there's a pattern here. Fake foods. Number four, Chinese garlic. 31% of garlic sold in the United States is imported from China. These garlic are produced by using harmful chemical spray. Sounds like a fake spice in this case. Number three, apple juice. About 50% of all apple juice, believe it or not, sold in the United States comes from China. China has been known to use harmful pesticides on their food. Number two, industrial salt. Industrial China salt is very harmful for your health for the same reasons we've already mentioned. And finally, number one, eggs. Some China companies produce fake eggs or plastic eggs. These eggs are made from harmful compounds. You must avoid eggs made in China. There's the top eight foods to be avoided from China because they're filled with plastic, pesticides, and cancer-causing chemicals. To review, tilapia fish, plastic rice, green Peas, fake beef, Chinese garlic, apple juice, industrial salt, and eggs. Here's something I thought you might find of interest. Title of this article is Overweight Before Age 40 Increases Your Cancer Risk. And I know that you want to live a long, healthy quality of life and avoid cancer, so let's get started. Here's an international study led by the University of Bergen in Norway. The researchers wanted to find out how adult overweight and obesity increase the risk of different types of cancer. Now, what do we mean by overweight? Well, if you look at your basal metabolic index, your height and weight, if it's over 25, then you are considered overweight. Same thing goes for your body fat percentage, actually. If you are over 25, you're overweight. Now, you're obese if your basal metabolic index or even your body fat is over 30%. Studies showed that if you were overweight before the age of 40, the risk of developing cancer increases by 70% for endometrial cancer, 58% for male renal cell cancer, cancer of the kidney, 29% for male colon cancer, and 15% for all obesity-related cancers for both sexes. Researchers state that obesity is an established risk factor for several cancers. In the study, they focused on the degree of timing and duration of overweight and obesity in relation to the cancer risk. 
in the study, researchers include adults with two or more measurements obtained at least three years apart and before a possible cancer diagnosis. On the average, individuals were followed for about 18 years. Obese participants, remember those who have a BMI over 30 or body fat over 30%, at the first and second health examination had the highest risk of developing obesity-related cancer compared to participants with normal BMI. The risk increased by 64% for male patients and 48% for female patients. The researchers used data from 220,000 individuals from the MECAN study with participants from Norway, Sweden, and Austria. Data from health examinations including information on height and weight, which gives you your BMI, and were linked to the data from National Cancer Registries. 27,881 individuals were diagnosed with cancer during follow-up, of which 9,761 of them, 35%, were obesity-related. You may not know this, but childhood obesity is rising as well. Think about this. High rates of childhood obesity are a problem in a number of low- and middle-income countries, according to a new global assessment of child malnutrition by UNICEF. It's the agency's most comprehensive nutrition report in two decades. The report paints a complex, dire picture of states of the state of children's health. Overall, it found that around 200 million children under the ages of five or one in three worldwide, 30%, are either undernourished or overweight. Wasting and micronutrient deficiency remain persistent challenges in countries such as Africa and South Asia. Still, there's some good news. Studying or stunting, I should say, of growth has dropped sharply in the last two decades on every continent except Africa. Meanwhile, at least 340 million adolescents worldwide between the ages of 5 and 19 and 40 million children under 5 have been classified as overweight. The most profound increase has been in the 5 to 19 age group, where the global rate of overweight increased from 10.3% in 2000 to 18.4% in 2018. The U.S., if you're wondering, is near the top of the list, with a rate of adolescent overweight around 42%. The highest rates, up to 65%, in Palau, Nauru, and other Pacific Island nations, which have long struggled with obesity driven by a heavy reliance on imported food. In 1990, Vietnam's adolescent overweight rate was one of the world's lowest, less than 1%. By 2016, it was nearly 10%. In South Africa, it jumped from 3.3% to 24.8%. I'm Dr. Dan Royer, listening to The Royal Treatment. We're going to continue our discussion when we come back from the break. So please, my friend, stay right with us. Targeting cancer cells with DMSO reduces the need for full-dose chemotherapy by up to 90% because DMSO targets cancer cells, not healthy cells. Research demonstrates that DMSO, also known as dimethyl sulfoxide, has an affinity for cancer cells, which also allows DMSO to enter them even when DMSO is carrying chemo drugs. Could low-dose chemo with DMSO be the answer you've been searching for? Find out more by calling Dr. Dan Royal at 702 562-1454. When low-dose chemo is combined with DMSO or insulin, it's called potentiation therapy. This is because the cancer-killing power they create together is much greater than when they're administered separately. Are you a cancer patient who wants more than disease management? Could low-dose chemo help you achieve optimal health and wellness? Call Dr. Dan Royal at 702-562-1454 to see if you qualify for low-dose chemo. That's 702-562-1454. I'm Debbie McCarthy, about town Deb, inviting you to a delicious evening of wine drinking and discovery at the Highway 50 Grape to Glass Harvest Roadshow. Seven family-owned Eldorado County wineries are hosting at Reno Silver Legacy. Explore the hidden pleasures from just down the road in Eldorado County. Highway 50 Grape to Glass Harvest Roadshow, Tuesday, November 5th at the Silver Legacy. Tickets at abouttowndeb.com slash roadshow50. Virginia City is the source of all the richness in the West. While today it brings us a summer of fun with camel races, cook-offs, street vibrations, outhouse races, parades, and many more events, it's never dull on the Comstock. A taste of all this richness can be found at Virginia City Kettle Corn Depot. Our kettle corn is made fresh every day with no additives, just coconut oil, sea salt, and some pure cane sugar. We also offer fresh caramel corn and white cheddar, to which we can add jalapeno. 
This summer, we are adding freshly made cotton candy. And for hot summer days, Hawaiian shave ice, which on special occasions will offer some adult flavors like margarita, daiquiri, and pina colada. You can find Kettle Gourd Depot at the south end of C Street, across from the Sheriff's Office. Our long-standing customers have faithfully been returning to Kettle Corn Depot since 2012. Come get your groove on in Virginia City. The Assistance League Thrift Shop at 1701 Vassar in Reno supports programs for children, seniors, veterans, and sexual assault victims. This nonprofit thrift shop sells clothing, housewares, small appliances, and furnishings, all donated by members of our community. Their all-volunteer membership is on hand from 10 to 4, Monday through Saturday. Check their website at www.renosparks.assistanceleague.org. Help your community by shopping, donating, or joining Assistance League. This is America Matters Media on AM 1180 KCKQ, a Lotus broadcast station. The The power power of radio since 1967. Want to expand your advertising dollar? Sponsor this or any America Matters program by calling 775-827-8900, extension 2. Now back to the show. We are back to the show, and I'm Dr. Dan Royal, and before the break... We were talking about childhood obesity. Now, we're entering the fourth quarter of our show, and I've got some things I want to get to, but I want to finish this discussion first. We were talking about the increasing rate of childhood obesity. Now, what's interesting is processed foods, often high in sugar and low in nutrients, are causing many poor families to face undernourishment and obesity simultaneously. Some countries, interestingly enough, are taking steps to discourage children and their parents from buying such unhealthy foods. Chile and Mexico both recently implemented a tax on sugary drinks. Imagine that. And just this last week, Singapore announced plans to become the world's first country to ban ads for such beverages, sugary drinks. The most important opportunity to prevent childhood obesity is within the first 1,000 days after birth, within the first two and a half years of life. This was reported by a child nutrition researcher at St. John's School of Public Health. During that time, mothers should breastfeed as much as possible and avoid unhealthy food during an infant's transition to solid foods, a formative time in a child's metabolism. In the meantime, the problem is likely to worsen a separate study this month by the World Obesity Federation, a nonprofit coalition of nutrition research organizations, project, projected the number of obese children worldwide to grow by 100 million in the year 2030. Now, I wanted to share something with you before we continue our discussion from last week on chromium. I want to share something with you I found out that I thought you might be of interest regarding antidepressants. Now, the most common antidepressant is what we refer to as an SSRI, Selective Serotonin Reuptake Inhibitor. A large controlled study found that these SSRI antidepressants found a significant but a very small difference in between the drugs and a placebo, which means they're not much better than placebo, by the way. Their antidepressant effects have often been found to depend on effects other than the availability of serotonin in the brain. You really don't want an increase of serotonin in your brain. Why? Because it causes brain damage. Serotonin is a stress hormone. If you injure your brain, you have brain trauma, and serotonin increases, guess what? It will make the injury worse. So, for example, a large proportion of depressed people are constipated, and SSRIs have a prokinetic accelerating effect in the intestine, functioning as a laxative. Relieving constipation has a powerful effect on mood and sense of well-being. Large doses of vitamin C, functioning as a cathartic, may have therapeutic effects as well. And because of that, it is gaining recognition as an antidepressant. The connection here is that these depressed people who were taking SSRIs did not get better because serotonin was increasing in their brain. They got better because they were constipated and were able to move their bowels more effectively. How about that? 
Now, the public is slowly becoming more aware of the association of SSRIs with obesity, sexual malfunction, hair loss, and osteoporosis. But that information is always put into the context of their supposed therapeutic value. If the drug's only real value is their laxative effect and the adaptive neurosteroid synthesis that occurs after any brain damage, then it's clear that the safer antidepressants that are known should be used, such as, guess what? Vitamin C. Now, 50 to 60 years ago, Hans Selye and his associates were showing that increased serotonin made specific organs and tissues more susceptible to stress and degenerative diseases, such as ulceration and sclerosis. Considering their work in relation to the current epidemic of female-related diseases, we should consider the possibility that SSRIs are among the causes of this epidemic. Well, before we carry on, I just want to remind you, you can always reach me here at the Turtle Healing Band Clinic by calling 702-562-1454. That's 702-562-1454. Or you can email me at droyal at royalmedicalclinic.com. That's D as in Daniel, royal at royalmedicalclinic, all one word, dot com. Now we're going to continue our discussion on chromium. Last week, we talked about a problem that exists in our American diet. That's the refining of flour and sugar. The refining of whole wheat into bleached white flour removes how much of that chromium? Would you guess? It's 91%. The refining of raw sugar into white sugar removes 98% of that chromium. Now, a significant part of the reason why the average adult onset diabetes is continually decreasing is only if the patients are taking chromium. A hundred years ago, diabetes was a disease primarily of old age. Now, the average age is approaching 40. In other words, getting younger. There's a dramatic increase of children developing adult onset diabetes in the last 10 years. We already talked about childhood obesity, so this stands to reason. Children are developing adult-onset diabetes before they even become adults. The medical field seems somewhat surprised at this, yet they are looking at what they're eating? No. This is compounded by the fact that chromium is one of the first elements to pass the placental barrier to the developing baby in the womb. However, if the mother does not have much chromium to deliver to the baby, then there's not going to be much chromium delivered to the baby, and the baby will start life with less chromium than the previous generation. The late Dr. Henry Alfred Schroeder, a much lauded researcher in cardiovascular health and a longtime Dartmouth University professor, identified chromium deficiency as the primary cause of disease. Dr. Schroeder noted that cholesterol increases were linked to sinking levels of the trace element chromium more than 30 years ago. Dr. Schroeder discovered that chromium was the factor that managed cholesterol as he wrote, quote, we found that chromium in the aorta was not detected too low to be found in almost every person dying of coronary artery disease, one manifestation of atherosclerosis, and was present in almost every aorta of persons dying accidentally, unquote. Cholesterol has been brain for decades as the primary cause of heart disease, but in reality, cholesterol kills nobody. However, a deficiency in chromium leads to cholesterol problems. So cholesterol may be a red herring or red flag, indicating other problems that could be more serious. The major problems associated with sugar and insulin include the following. One, disrupts your immune system and reduces its functional ability. Number two, dehydrates your cell and depletes your body of critical electrolytes such as potassium, magnesium, calcium, sodium, leading to cell death and chronic muscle spasms. Number three, depletes the body of chromium, copper, zinc, and other trace minerals that help sensitize cells to insulin. This further accelerates cell membrane insulin resistance. Number four, induces cancer cell division and proliferation and inhibits mechanisms to slow down tumor growth and that inhibit cancer cell apoptosis or programmed cell death. Number five, creates tissue-damaging advanced glycolytic enzymes. Number six, depletes the body of antioxidants such as glutathione, vitamin C, and vitamin E. Number seven, inhibits human growth hormone, and elevates cortisol levels that are associated with stress. Number eight, inhibits cellular protein synthesis, which results in dysfunctional bone, muscle, and joint chemistry, and thus accelerates the risk of osteoporosis, osteoarthritis, and chronic muscle and joint pains. Number nine, promotes the growth of 
pathogenic bacteria and parasites such as candida albicans and other yeast-like organisms. This also depletes the body of good bacteria and can lead to chronic infections in the gut, respiratory tissue, and sinuses. Number 10, leads to obesity, elevated triglycerides, abnormal LDL, HDL cholesterol levels, and elevated arterial inflammatory risk factors. Number 11, opens up the blood-brain barrier, depletes the brain of trace mineral stores and allows toxins and other heavy metals to accumulate in the brain tissue. Number 12, destroys nerves leading to chronic pain, neuropathies, vision disorders, and accelerated organ function. So, what are some of the problems associated with elevated sugar insulin? Well, let's review. Disrupts the immune system, just dehydrates cells, depletes the body of chromium, induces cancer cell division, creates tissue-damaging enzymes, depletes the body of antioxidants, inhibits HGH, inhibits cellular protein synthesis, promotes cellular growth of pathogenic bacteria, leads to obesity, opens up the blood-brain barrier, and destroys nerves leading to chronic pain. That's a lot to think about. Now, you can understand just a little bit the vital importance of chromium in your diet. The question is, what kind of chromium should you be taking as a supplement to replace all that is depleted from your bodies and our food? Well, there is a product called Zychrome. It's trademark, it's patent pending. It's the next generation of chromium complex. During five years of systemic comparative clinical research, manufacturers synthesized 19 different chromium complexes and compared them to chromium picolinate and other commercially available chromium complexes in animal and human studies. Zychrome outperformed all other complexes in glycemic parameters. That's where we look at blood sugar. In a 90-day randomized double-blind placebo-controlled study, Zychrome may be twice as effective as chromium polynicotinate or picolinate in supporting normal insulin activity, activity and levels tending towards the normal range. Well, now you know a little bit more about the importance of chromium, using the right type of chromium. Zychrome looks to be the next generation to succeed chromium picolinate and chromium polynicotinic acid, which in and of themselves were good, but we have now have an improvement over all that. We'll continue our discussion on this subject next week because there is so much more to say. I'm Dr. Dan Royal. You've been listening to The Royal Treatment. I want to thank you for being with us today. And my friends, I hope that you have learned one new thing. That's our goal for you, to empower you for optimal health and wellness. Until next week, my friends, may you all be well.